spend as much time on understanding the marketing and sales of your business early on, right? Because, you know, marketing can generate the demand, right? But you also have to be able to close the business that comes through the door, right? And that can be investors, that can be um, customers, it can be employees, whatever it is, you're selling, as a founder, you are selling um, your ideas, your solutions, your vision. And the reason why it's important to really get good at that um, is just something that you have to do is you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And sales is usually uncomfortable for, for a lot of people. So that's, that, that, that's one part. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of the Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's uh, grown several startups and seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, uh, Gario. Is that right, Gario? Gario. Gario. I was close. Gario uh, Harrison and uh, Gario uh, recently grew up in Jamaica and had uh, parents uh, that were both or that were small business owners. Um, I think it was something to do with the private school, but he can correct me if I if I'm mistaken. Um, got a or Gario got a degree in uh, graphic design and business, and then first up, job out of high school with his Ernst Young. Um, had found that he had a passion for uh, on the to doing a business on the side. Uh, worked with the marketing team to focus on generating some revenue. Then it ended up developing a system and a franchise for marketing and sales. And so with that much as introduction, welcome on the podcast, Gario. Thanks for having me, Devin. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. So I gave kind of a hopefully mostly accurate, but quick run through of your uh, your journey. But now why don't you take us back a little bit in time to uh, kind of growing up in Jamaica, having parents that did uh, small businesses and how your journey got started there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was, it was, it was interesting, you know, being growing up in the, you know, back in the, the, the 1980s, you know, you, you rarely saw female entrepreneurs, right. And the, the entrepreneur in my family um, was actually my mom. So, you know, it was a little bit of a reversal um, of a role reversal of the time, but she, she was, she had a vision. Um, she saw, that the education system in Jamaica um, could be improved. She had a vision for what that could look like. Um, she wanted me as you know her only child to be to have a different type of education and by extension more opportunities in the future. So as with all good entrepreneurs, she decided to make it so. So she literally started a prep school um, to solve a problem that she saw. Um, and had a vision for a brighter future um, for education in Jamaica, and that's that's what she did. Um, you know, on the on the flip side of that, uh, again, you know, usually the the you know the, the 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 dad is the one that's going out and and doing the um, doing the work, and the mother is at home taking care of the family. Um, both my parents were driven were driven folks. Um, my dad was a, um, he ran uh, telecommunications for the police force in Jamaica. So worked just as hard, right? So, you know, what was cool about our family was, you know, collectively as, as a family unit, we, 
you know, I saw my parents work collaboratively. You know, my dad was the one with a steady paycheck. My mom was the one, you know, being an entrepreneur and, and, and you know, will, willing, willing something into existence that she felt needed to exist. And seeing my, my, my dad be that rock for her and us as a family, you know, to make sure that, um, you know, we were able to have the bandwidth to, or, or, you know, resources to do, to see it through to what the vision was, right? That was pretty, pretty cool. And an example that I um, really learned a lot from, you know, both A, being a working father, um, you know, with entrepreneurial roots, but also um, just making sure that you're still present and teaching the lessons um, around, you know, just being a good human being and integrity and, you know, all the usual stuff that you would expect, right? So it was kind of, it was kind of exciting to see that, you know, it is possible to have an entrepreneurial family that is also truly a family. Um, and that was pretty cool to see um, growing up. And my dad is the reason why I even got into computers, because he saw that as, you know, going to be a huge deal in the future. So on top of teaching me, you know, just how to be a good person in general um, and to be a leader in, you know, within how to lead with integrity and, you know, be intentional with, with, with how we treat um, those around us. Um, he also pushed me, you know, pretty hard into technology and that's what we do today. So now, so you kind of grow up, and I think that's a great, a great environment to grow up with. You got the hardworking parents that are supporting each other. They're, you know, they're helping each other in different aspects. You get to see the, you know, the steady income, the, you know, the entrepreneur spirit doing startups and doing that. So you kind of grow up with all that as a backdrop. And then you go off to school and you get, you get your degrees. And so as you're now coming kind of out of school, you got, you know, I think you said it's graphic design and business, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So now you come out of school with graphic design and business and I, and then you go into Ernst and Young. And so kind of what was your experience initially starting out doing Ernst and Young and kind of how did you continue to find your passion? You know, you talked a little bit about doing a side business, but, you know, initially doing Ernst and Young. So what kind of pushed you to do the, the side business and, and find your passion? How did that all play out? Yeah. So coming out of coming out of school, you know, obviously, um, you know, you get a degree, you decided this is the path that you want to go down. So I decided that the, the thing that I wanted to pursue was design and creativity and essentially art, right? Um, and merging it somehow with technology. Like I mentioned, you know, my, my dad really pushed me to get excited about, um, you know, the possibility of the internet and technology as a whole. Um, my point of reference at that point going into school for graphic design was video games, right? I played a lot of video games when I was growing up and I thought that's what I wanted to do. Um, in college though, I realized that, um, you know, there's so much more that, you know, the, the, the internet is making possible. This is when social networks were just starting to come online. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why, you know, I ended up, you know, minoring in business to say, hey, you know, there's probably a business somewhere in here. Um, so let's make sure that we kind of have the tools for that as well and not just graphic design. 
fast forward to graduating college, I realized, man, I am not an artist. I, I don't have a, um, a, it's too subjective for me, right? Like there's, there, there, there isn't, there aren't clear definitions of done. They, they're people that are way more talented than I was, um, you know, in creating visually appealing things, right? Um, however, I did realize, I learned pretty quickly um, that there was an opportunity before and after you get into the um, into the creative side of things when you get to 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 to, to do to make pretty things, right? Um, so, coming out of graduating college, I had the the graphic design degree, not the business degree, and try to figure out, okay, well, what does that first path look like? And my math tutor actually um that from college he was also my ra uh worked at ernst Young. so he had a computer science major he's also a really good friend of mine and he got me my foot in the door um at ernst and young in the graphic design department and i quickly realized i cared more about the financial statements of the companies that we were designing for than i did the look and feel of the of the report itself right so from there i was like hey there's got to be something else. I'm going to have to pivot. Um, fortunately, I was able to figure that out sooner rather than later. Um, and, you know, while I was, you know, doing, making sure that I was delivering what I was hired to do, you know, was also, um, you know, on the side, you know, figuring out, you know, where is there a need for some of this, the, the skills and, and, and passions that I, I found myself um, really gravitating towards and, you know, uh, I don't know if I should, should talk about this, but yeah, I will. Um, you know, <laughs> back when I was in college, um, you know, being in, right now there's a lot about like, you know, sharing online and people sharing photos and, you know, um, sharing their lives online. We were doing that um, uh, at college. We had, a, we had a, a mini website, me and my roommates, had a website we called The Basement, which was basically life around school behind the scenes, essentially early blogging. And you merged that with, you know, the fact that I was from Jamaica. A lot of my friends were still, you know, overseas. I have family in Europe. Facebook became the thing that we used to stay connected. Um, so, so I saw that there was this, you're able to move people with stories and so on, right? You got that from The Basement. Um, D-A- basement.net. Um, uh, I think it's still available on the Wayback Machine. And the fact that technology is a way that we can connect with each other. This is when social networks, nobody knew what social network was. It was just a thing that kids were, kids were playing with. Um, so, you know, you merge those two together. Um, and I started doing um, the the data or the nerdy side of the social web versus the influencer content side of things. And that became, you know, its own side hustle, which is which eventually became its own company, um, so, which allowed me to work a lot on of that. So, so now this, uh, you know, started out while you're in college and then you're, and I assume you continue on with Ernst and Young. So was it, you know, as this was kind of a side project, passion project, it was kind of continuing to evolve. Was it, at some point, were you wanting to or planning on turning the side hustle into a full-time gig? And that was kind of the, 
always the plan or is it, hey, this will just be kind of fun and we'll let us see where it goes or kind of what was your trajectory of the plan as you got the kind of the full-time job? Because that's a lot of times where you get different entrepreneurs and different people doing things as they're saying, oh, I've got this full-time gig and I've got this kind of side hustle or something fun on the side or a passion project. And some people saying, oh, I just want to do it for fun. I don't want to have to, I don't want it to become a job. And other people say, no, this is where I want to be when I can get it to the point it is. So kind of where did that lie for you? Great, great question. So there's this there's, there's two-part answer. So my mom was always pushing me to, um, to lead with the end in mind. So, you know, what do you, what do you want to be true um, when you are, when it's all said and done, right? So, you know, for her, that was, um, you know, she wanted to, to leave a legacy of, um, you know, providing opportunities for as many students as possible. That was her end goal. Um, so I kept trying to figure out what mine, mine was. Um, and my dad was always pushing me to, even if you don't know what the very next step is going to be, get essentially gather the information that you need and the, edu the education the information the connections the relationships the ideas to give you the options when that time comes right mm -hmm. so with that in mind i really doubled down on understanding business understanding you know where the internet was headed um mm -hmm. really paid attention to um social networks, the underlining a theory behind them, but also what people were doing with them today and what people would probably end up doing with them in the future, um, as well as just advertising in general as it relates to business, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're going to do something creative, how do you turn that creativity into something that produces revenue? Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, with that kind of as a back frame, uh, is the side hustle still a side hustle and you're still, in, still at Ernst & Young or you turn yep. that now into a full-time endeavor and kind of, yep. so where is it, you know, kind of bringing us a bit up into the future, where are things at today and where do you see things heading? Yeah, so fast forward, um, you know, turn the, the side hustle into a full-time deal. Um, so funny side story around that So again, Social networks was really paying a lot of attention to, to to Twitter at the time, and I got a I saw a tweet about a local meetup, right? Um, so you know I've left Ernst and Young now. I'm doing this the, the side hustle. Um, I'm also um, you know uh, working as a as a kind of contractor um, with with a staffing firm for creative creative product management and, and design, right? Um, you know, because I, again, wanted to make sure that I was able to, to see other businesses from the inside, not just Ernst & Young, right? So that's why I ended up taking, taking that on. And I saw a tweet for a meetup that ended up being for the co-working industry. So bear in mind, like nobody knew what co-working was, right? It was just this thing. Um, I remember I used to, to, to refer to it as a cross between a coffee shop and a library, right? Um, uh, with a gym membership model. <laughs> um, this is this is literally how I would explain it to people. And I saw the tweet. I was at happy hour and I walked down and I met um, the the founders of a company called Q, uh, Coco, which became Field Collective. Don and Kyle, Don Don Ball, Kyle Kubra, and immediately said, "Okay, I can now 
I now had the infrastructure to go full on into, into entrepreneurship and the, the rest is history. So from there, I was, um, I worked, I worked at, at that company for a while, did a few stints in the advertising industry, but always came back to that touchstone of kind of this entrepreneurial community. Right. Um, and then, you know, from there today, um, at Fueled, I met, um, uh, Nikolai Bedour and, and Allison Bedour, who uh, started this company called uh, Closures Media. Um, so that gave me, you know, as you mentioned, my, my dad mentioned, you know, collect the things that you think are going to be important, right? Um, sales was one of those things that I knew was going to be important down the road. So, you know, I, you know, partnered with them. And then I knew that marketing was also going to be important. So I partnered with um, my business partners today, which is Curious, which is a marketing firm. So now I have this combination of, um, you know, business acumen and entrepreneurship, as well as, you know, where the future is headed in terms of sales and marketing really starting to work closely together in order to drive results for, for businesses. Mm, I like that. And, you know, one of the interesting, and it goes a little bit back in the journey, but it kind of struck me is, you know, we you talked about you know, hey, I don't quite have that creativity because there aren't a, you know, there aren't the rules or well-defined rules with uh, typically with creativity. But what I found is, you know, running a business, doing that requires a different type of creativity that I, you know, in other words, there are different types of creativity. One is just making something look great and, you know, aesthetically pleasing, but there's a different type of creativity to where you're actually innovating in a business to where you have to creatively think, how do we solve these problems? How do we do it differently? How do we make it improved and better than what's currently being offered? And I think that that sounds like it plays kind of more with your skill sets of, hey, I may not be the one that does the aesthetic or aesthetic nature of things, but it's more of, hey, it's that, how do I solve these problems? How do I make a business around it? How do I, you know, build that? And how do I grow it? And how do I turn something into reality? And I think that requires just a different or, or skill set of creativity. 100%. So now the, the question was, so now that kind of brings us up to a bit to today, and I, you may have touched on this a bit, but where kind of where are things heading over the next, you know, six to 12 months, kind of projecting out a bit, where do you, or where do you uh, plan on things uh, taking you? Um, I, I, I think we, you know, post pandemic, um, I see a lot of companies are now trying to figure out, okay, what does the future of our marketing look like? Right, like you know, if we're going to invest these dollars, um, where where should we be investing them? Like, I think the I'm calling the the pandemic the great reset. Right, you know, mm-hmm. you 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 ran your marketing budget down to zero at some point just to make sure your business could stay open, and now you're going okay. Now that we have survived, how do we not just survive moving forward, but how do we thrive? And marketing and an understanding and integration with sales is going to become really important um, moving forward. And I'm just excited that we're able to help more businesses um, with that framework and that mindset um, accelerate moving forward. That's awesome. Though. I think that definitely makes sense. So, well, now is that kind of brings us a bit up to, you know, what your journey is, where you're at today and looking a little bit even into the future. Um, always a great time to transition over to the two questions I always ask with these podcasts. We'll jump to those now. So the first right. question I ask is, 
along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Mm. Ah, that's a good one. Worst business decision that I ever made. Um, I'd have to say putting, putting my eggs, all my eggs in one basket, right? So um, again, it, it, the, when I left and, and, you know, was, was running my, 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 uh, my consultancy um, quickly got, you know, a really good client, right? It was, it was an, it was an agency and it was amazing. Like we got so much work that, you know, I had, I had plans and projections and the whole nine yards. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few other smaller clients too. So it wasn't really, you know, that big of a deal, but we were white labeled, right. Mm-hmm. Which means, you know, their client never knew that we were the ones underneath building out these solutions for them. Right. Mm-hmm. So as you know, the, you know, business got constrained, people got busy, you know, their, 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 their client list, the things that they needed to deliver changed. Um, all of a sudden, the amount of work that we were doing got reduced, but we had no credibility or street cred or testimonials or anything that we could put on paper in order to, to gather more, more clients, because as a part of being white labeled, we were, um, we were under an NDA, right? So you spend all this time building up this reputation and this business, um, your business on the back of another company that can then decide, okay, well, strategically it makes sense for them to either bring it in-house or transition um, to a more profitable revenue stream for them. And it ended up just, 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 just cost me. And that was a lesson. Um, fortunately, I learned a lesson early on and it just allowed me to go, okay, moving forward, I need to make sure that A, uh, we get to celebrate the work product that we're, that we're doing. Um, and two, always have a direct uh, relationship with the client um, that, we're, that we're serving because A, it keeps us accountable, um, but B, they know where the value is coming from um, uh, because we're, 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 you know, directly collaborating with them around the output. No, and I like that. Cause I mean, I think that, you know, and it is, I like kind of going back to, you know, all the eggs in one basket, you know, a lot of times you're going to get going, you have one or two anchor clients or you have a few people mm-hmm. that are, Hey, they may pay the bills. It helps to get things going and it, you know, it's a great way to get started. But if, you know, if they go away or you're trying to, as you said, you're trying to build a clientele and you can't use any of the work or who you're doing work for is a, it makes it a, a lot more constraining. So I like the idea of, you know, providing that diversity and not just diversity offer everything to everybody, but how to diversify such that you're not, you know, emboldened or you're not relying on just one client or, or you know, one re- or revenue for business, but you can expand that out. So I think that definitely makes sense. So jump now to the second question, which is if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, What'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Oh man, um, I would say understand, spend as much time on understanding the marketing and sales of your business early on, right? Because you know marketing can generate the demand, right? But you also have to be able to close the business that comes through the door, right? And that can be 
investors, that can be um, customers, it can be employees, whatever it is, you're selling, as a founder, you are selling um, your ideas, your solutions, your vision. And the reason why it's important to really get good at that um, is just something that you have to do is you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And sales is usually uncomfortable for a lot of people. So that's that, that that's one part. The second piece is you got to understand the marketing yourself. And by that, I mean, there is uh, a framework that, that, that we use at, at, at Curious. Um, it's a, it's a five-part framework. You got to do your own research, right? You got to know who, you know, who are you trying to reach and what's motivating them. You have to come up with a messaging strategy for them, right? You have to figure out where you're going to put channel. You're going to put, put that message into that's more as, as cost efficient as possible. And you actually have to get it done, right? And the reason why it's important for founders to know that and for them to be responsible for at least understanding it is now you're not letting someone else tell you what you should be doing for your own business, mm. right? Because, you know, I love marketers. Um, you know, I am a marketer as well. But as an industry, we tend to, we tend to optimize for for whatever it is that the that the the industry or the the, the agency is built around, right? So if you're yeah. if you're a content production agency, everything's gonna have a content solution, right? Yeah. So it, it's important to know what the pieces are yourself, so that you can um, you know really be like an active participant in whatever strategy is being developed for you. Yeah, no, and I, and I love that because I think that, you know, having that ability to be able to understand all the parts, the pieces, what people are doing and why they're doing it definitely helps to or helps aid with the business to be able to manage it. So, well, as we now wrap up the podcast and always more things to talk about than time to talk about them, if people want to reach out to, they want to connect up with you, they want to be a customer or a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out, connect up here, find out more? Uh, the best place to to reach out is going to be LinkedIn as a good starting point. From there, you can find all links to everything else. All right. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to connect up with you on LinkedIn and find out more. So well, thank you again uh, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest and share your journey, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. Two more things as a listener. One, make sure to uh, click subscribe to your podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so other people can find out about all of our awesome episodes. Last but not least, if you ever have any, uh, ever, never need any help with patents, trademarks, or anything else, feel free to go to uh, strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. Thank you again, Gario, for coming on. It was great to have you on and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. All right. Appreciate it, Devin.